All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour, day two of the 2020 NFL Draft Show. Uh, we're recording this uh, Sunday morning uh, after the full draft is done, but <clears throat> we uh, we wanted to let things kind of settle in before we kind of you know took a minute and and, and did this uh, with me, Cillian Lanku. What's up, man? Yep. How are yeah. you doing, man? Good, good. Uh, so yeah, so. We're gonna we're gonna go through the picks here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna highlight the skill position players, you know, fantasy wise here, and, and let and let Cillian do his breakdown, and we'll, we'll we'll incorporate some fantasy analysis into it as well. Um, yeah, you know, we we meant to do this. Uh, we meant to do this late Friday, early Saturday morning for you. It didn't didn't quite work out. Uh, <laughs> the sleep caught up yeah, to you, no. man. You are yeah. what, five hours ahead, so it's a. It, Thursday night was a long night, <laughs> yeah. especially for you, man. Um, mm. I'm still feeling it. So, uh, real quick though, before we jump into day two, um, any any other thoughts about kind of winners and looter, losers from uh, from day one? Yeah, well, I went back and thought about the the Henry Ruggs pick because when you put it into perspective and look at what they did with the whole draft and the other weapons they were able to incorporate into their offense, I think the pick makes a lot more sense, and 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 you get a clearer view on the role that you want him to fit uh, clearly he's going to be their speed guy he's going to be their t they're going to move him around they're going to want to put him in the right matchups and and he's not just a speed guy we got to clear that up I've, there's a lot of narratives circulating around the around around fantasy football twitter and just football twitter in general that he's a speed guy and and he was overdrafted i think you got to understand that rugs really controls his speed in his routes and he uses it well he varies his pace uh he, he he's very strategical in how he uses it through his stem and after the catch. So this is something you, you, that needs to be, that needs to be said, I think. And and when you put into the whole perspective of what they did with their whole draft, I think it's a very good and interesting pick. Yeah. I was saying earlier how, uh, you know, the, the Raiders kind of went with those like combine warriors, the the guys that just kind of like beast out in the combine and in rugs maybe dif- is different from that. You know, I think he's a good receiver. Period. But there's a lot of, a lot of head scratcher picks here from the Raiders in, in this draft. That you know, oh yeah, maybe maybe it works out. But uh, history, especially Raiders history, is not favorable for that. But uh, let's jump right into it, man. Day two, the first pick. We got a, a slew of offensive players here right off the bat. Starting off with T. Higgins going to the Bengals, wide receiver of Clemson. Uh, you know. Maybe receiver wasn't their need for this year, but I think moving forward, this was a good pick with Green, you know, likely out soon. But, you know, he's now joining Green, Boyd, Ross, Mixon, uh, and, of course, Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick. Um, you know, what's what's his outlook looking for, you know, for him in the NFL and then, you know, throwing some fantasy if you got it? Yeah. Well, I think this is very interesting. I think you first – when when this pick happened, we thought about protection, but then when you think about the fact that they they brought in uh, Jonah Williams last year in the first round, that's going to lock up the the blind side for for Jonah for uh, Joe Burrow. So now you get to go and and bring in a weapon that that they can use in the long run. And I think when you think about T Higgins, you you hope that he can reach uh, AJ Green type of type of football in the in the future in two three years time and his ability to play above the rim he's a great 50 50 ball catcher he he's got he's got a bit, he's got a great leaping ability he's, he can high point the football um great body control at the sideline there's a lot of things to like about what higgins do, does and and uh that you can project into his year two year three potential uh, and how he can help burrow and give him a big target on the outside uh, in terms of fantasy pr- production obviously there are other interesting weapons around him uh hey we know that uh 
AJ Green isn't particularly a, a lock to play 16 games, then Tyler Boyd kind of finds himself a bit alone in that wide receiver room. I know that we know that John Ross is now kind of locked into a deep threat role and nothing much more than that. Mm-hmm. So I think he's still going to have a potential to to produce and get some targets, especially with with Burrow, who's going to be needed uh, a big target in a, a target in the in the red zone and, and at the sidelines. Yeah, I like the fact that him and him and Burrow are going to be able to grow together. You know, Higgins yeah. might not be a, a great uh, fancy threat for, for this upcoming season. So redraft leagues, I think I'm kind of fading him, mm. but, uh, as far as dynasty leagues, I think I'm, I'm kind of jumping all over him. Uh, moving yeah. on though, next pick 34, Michael Pittman jr. Wide receiver, Southern California to the Colts. I mean, the Colts have kind of had, you know, T Y Hilton forever. And then I kind of, uh, you know, after that it's been kind of meh. Um, mm. Paris Campbell was thought to be the guy, but maybe not anymore, man. You know, uh, I, I guess the one thought with the Colts is maybe they know they have a short, short window with Philip Rivers. So they yeah. wanted to get him as much help as possible. Uh, what's your thoughts here? Uh, yeah, well, I think this is interesting, the fact that they went back to back because I had them pretty much holding hands on my in my rankings, in my wide receiver rankings. They're very comparable, both of them. Um, big physical receivers that can play above the rim, catch those 50-50 jump balls. Um, I think Pittman does a lot of more work uh, in, between the, in between the hashes and working over the middle of the field, uh, which is interesting. I think he's got a, a broader span of, uh, of, of, of work on all three levels of the, of the football field. Um, but he knows how to use his strengths, and I think this is a, a, a type of wide receiver that they needed on the on the Colts roster. Uh, I think they're still going to keep um, T.Y. Hilton, who's still one of the best receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. He can stretch the field and and and, and work vertically. Then they still have uh, Paris Campbell, who's a great slot receiver, and I think he's got a potential to to keep growing. I mean, he had his injury issues year one, but he they, he's, he has a lot of upside. I can't wait to see what he does when he actually can be on the field. Um, so I think he just fits into that into that that offense really nicely. He's going to be kind of what they hope to have in in uh, Devin Funches uh, when they brought him in. So this is <laughs> this is an interesting. Uh, I think he's a bet. He's a he's going to fit that role. Is he going to do it better? I hope. But, yeah, um, it's not hard to do. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, <laughs> not gonna lie, man. But yeah, he brings that physicality and um, and uh, a lot of that big body that that Rivers can turn to and kind of be that that Mike Williams type of target that he used to have in San Diego in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, all good. <laughs> I mean, it was both, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I uh, Pittman's. I I just don't know here with with Pittman and and the whole Colts offense here in general. Like I, I'm not. I think Rivers is. You know, he's 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 losing it just ever so slightly. I think he'll be fine, but. You know, I guess the one thing they figure is that you know when Hilton gets hurt, and it's not a it's not an if, it's a when at this point with him. He's he's always missing games. Um, now they've got at least somebody who can slide in, maybe not take over the Hilton role, but at least it's just more depth. Like they needed it pretty bad. Like they found out last year they just didn't have anything. So mm, hopefully Pittman yeah. can kind of step in and, and help out there. Uh, next pick here though, running back, second running back off the board. Um, pick 35, DeAndre Swift, Georgia running back, goes to the Lions. Um, yeah, this was uh, – <laughs> Swift, I'm not going to lie, was my number one running yes, back same. for the class, um, especially from a fantasy perspective. Um, but going to the Lions, like, I'm not so sure, man. You Schematically, know, it's a great fit. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. I know Kieran's had some injuries, but Kieran Johnson's still talented. You know, hopefully he can get over this injury yeah. problems. Um, but I mean, 
I, I just don't know. Like, so if, I guess first off, like break down a little bit real quick on Swift, and then we'll have to think about this pretty hard from fantasy. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, so first of all, I agree with you. Um, Swift was my RB one. I had a first round grade on Swift, uh, slightly ahead of uh, of Clyde edwards helaire who I also had a first round grade on. But um, Swift is is very interesting in terms of the work he does between the tackles. I think he can really sequence moves. He's very agile. He's got quick feet. Uh, he, he's also a, a very reliable target as well in the run game. And he's to me the best pass protector in the in the in the draft. So. Um, he can. He's going to step in. I thought he would step into a three-down role and be a, and have the potential to be a workhorse back. Obviously, that that potential is kind of limited right now with Carryon Johnson there as well. Uh, I'm a big Carryon Johnson truther. I loved him coming out of Auburn, and now, um, uh, if, if I'm being honest, I think Swift is still the most tar- talented back on that roster the moment he steps in. But it's going to be interesting to see how they spread the, the the touches between the two. I think it's good for Swift's longevity, and it might also help. Um, carry on as well uh, in terms of having this that that lightning and thunder type of type of combo in the backfield for fantasy obviously it does limit a little bit my hopes for swift and i think it might push clyde edwards hilaire as my number one back in terms of fantasy rankings type of yeah i i've got one more guy that might potentially jump both of them at least for this year Mm -hmm. Um, but we'll get to that guy later um it's a huge question mark though he wasn't rated as high in in either spot uh, or, or overall in the rankings for for draft grades, but uh, <clears throat> I think like scheme wise, fit wise, potential, you know, touches. The one thing you got, you know, you, you talked about like keeping carry on fresh and keeping Swift fresh. You know, they're going to split the work. I think, um, and and I agree with you. It, you know, that's the one thing with Swift though is he's never been like a true workhorse back. Like he's always had other guys there in Georgia to help yeah. out, right? So maybe that's kind of what they saw. So they said, you know what, we're just going to combine these guys and just have one Keep awesome backfield. Keep them fresh. So it's going to be interesting. I, I think uh, we'll have to wait and see, you know, how OTAs go, if if they even happen, that kind of thing. You know, that, that's, you know, we talked about that in day one. Like the fact that there's not going to be much of an offseason in camps is really going to hurt these rookies. So maybe. Mm-hmm. I think um, maybe a bit less the running back position. Yeah. I mean, always. It's, a, it's a, just a more yeah. natural fit to just jump right into things. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to be an interesting one. We're going to have to break this one down a lot more. You know, obviously, these are pretty quick takes here. Um, we'll do more in depth analysis on all of this on Fantasy Six Pack. As the summer goes along, and uh, we'll, we'll for sure dive into these running backs pretty hard. But let's move through the rest of these picks. See a bunch of defensive picks here and, and tackles and stuff like that. So, Xavier McKinney, safety, Bama, went to the Giants. Kyle Duggar, safety from Lenore Rhine. Not yeah, going to lie, never, ever heard of that place. Uh, I think it's the first time they have a, a player get drafted in the draft. I and I might be but I think so. So, it's, it's really interesting. And this guy's a freakish athlete he's got to work on his instincts and just yeah. football IQ in general but that's that's the Patriots getting their hands on that Ooh. if you're gonna yeah if you're gonna go to a place where you just need to be taught going to the Patriots is not a yeah, bad place exactly. Exactly. uh so then we got uh Yeter Yeter Gross Matos. Gross yeah. yeah Matos uh edge rusher Penn State went to the Panthers um <clears throat> Robert, D-line forming over there. Yeah, they went defensive heavy in this draft, and they needed to pretty bad. Um, Robert Hunt, tackle, Louisiana Lafayette, went to the Dolphins, so that's a good pickup for there. Huh? He's going to be a guard. He's going to move to guard, I really? think. Yeah, uh, makes yeah, sense. He's a mauler. Yeah. <clears throat> Still a good pick. They needed to shore up yeah, the yeah, offensive line big definitely. time, especially with Tua coming in. Uh, and then Ross uh, Blacklock, defensive tackle, Texas Christian, went to the Texans. So, uh Next pick here, back to the skill position players, Jonathan Taylor, running back Wisconsin, Colts. 
Um, this was another kind of head scratcher pick for me. Like, like I love Jonathan Taylor. I think he's amazing. Uh, if if he if Hilaire was number two on your board, uh, I imagine somebody like Taylor was number three. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have I had Taylor and Swift one two, um, but. I mean, Taylor's just an amazing running back. He's just production, mm. production, production at the college level forever. Yeah. I mean, the one thing you have to worry about with him, I think, is just workload that he's had that he's racked up in, in Wisconsin. Um, but he's he's an amazing back. But yikes, man, the fit in in Indy not great with Marlon Mack there. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I and I think that for all three, I was a big fan of where all three of these, in terms of football, football fit, uh, where all three of the, the second-round running backs landed when you think about um, uh, Akers. Uh, did, I think Akers went round three, but when you think about the DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, and uh, J.K. Dobbins, I think scheme-wise they all landed in very interesting spots. Now, Taylor, um, t- Taylor, I think the way they drafted him and when you put it into context of how it happened on draft night, it's very interesting to see how, what the team thinks about him. They traded up to go and get him. They, they, they moved up three, four spots, so they really didn't want to miss out on Taylor. So I think that speaks a lot into the role that they want him to take um, once he joins the team. So fantasy-wise, I think that needs to be taken into into context in, in terms of how we're going to value him. And he's going to be jumping into a room where with Marlon Mack, who I don't know if he's ever put together a 16, 16 week season either. So I think this is a... No, I don't think he has. Yeah. So I think this is, he's going to, I think he's going to step in and be the number one guy. And then you're going to have Marlon Mack in there to kind of soften the load. Cause as you said, he was a bell cow back and with intro, uh, historic production numbers for Wisconsin. Uh, but again, 900 care over 900 carries when he was at Wisconsin. So durability wise, he's going to need someone to soften that load in a little bit. And, and I think that can be it for Taylor. Uh, he's, he's still a bit limited for me in terms of his work in the pass catching game. Yeah. And I think that's where Mack is going to, gonna see his um his production kind of remain steady uh while while Johnson Taylor develops but I think he's gonna be heavily involved and in, and the way they traded up to get him speaks a ton on that. Yeah we'll see again you know all all these running backs it the story kind of is the same on all, on all these guys. They all most of them went to places where you're like really like you do not have the the opening to the lead back role almost anywhere for these guys. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I think it suppresses their value, especially for redraft. So it will be very interesting to to take a look at these guys, uh, you know, more heavily as the summer goes along. So moving on here though, we've got, um, I'm going to murder his first name, but LaVishka Chenault, uh, wide receiver, Colorado went to the Jaguars. I mean, I guess this is the Marquis Lee replacement, but let's be real. No, Lee wasn't doing anything no, anyway. Not. But, I mean, they, they've got, you know, they've got some good receivers there, but nobody that's, like, a game changer. I mean, Shark had a good year last year. You know, yeah, they've, got, they've got Keelan Cole. Is that right? Um, yeah. They, they, I mean, they've got some D.D. Westbrook. I mean, they mm. got guys, right? But I think yeah. in all in all, they're just guys. Like, <laughs> No game yeah, changers. Yeah, this is going to be that guy. Can Chenault be, be that, that guy? I mean, he was yeah, he's that T guy. He's that guy you want to move around the the offense and really match him up. So they needed that weapon, the one that can be the focal point of the offense. Kind of what Tyreek Hill is for the Chiefs. Not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but that's the role they need. They need someone they can focus their offense around, and that can be Chenault. I mean, he he lined up in the backfield for the for Colorado. He he lined up at X. He lined up in the slot. He was an H back. He played everything and just get the guy the ball in his hand 
hands and he can take it the distance. He's explosive. He runs like a running back. He's super physical. Uh, he's built like one as well. I think he's like 225 pounds. Uh, this, this is this is the type of guy you want to build and tailor your, your offense around. And he can be a, a weapon in the screen game and vertical game. And while his route running isn't very refined yet, he does show some very interesting traits in terms of deceptiveness at the top of his routes, manipulating the stem, manipulating the pace with, with which he runs them. And, and there's those subtle little head turns to to, um, to be more deceptive to defensive backs. I think he's a very in- interesting upside. Year one, he's going to be limited to maybe a, a screen roll or just uh, catching the ball from 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 behind the, the line of scrimmage or, or just pure vertical routes. But in the long run, he could turn into a very, very dangerous wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm, I am worried about his limited upside in 2020. Um, yeah. I, I think there's enough to go around in Jacksonville that he's not going to see a huge role right away. Um, it's funny. I'm looking at the pro football focus guide right now. And the player comparison from Mike Renner is uh, Saquon Barkley. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's oh my very love that. interesting, I man. Freaking, I freaking love that. Uh, but he's so good after the catch that he runs like a running back. He's twitchy. Yeah, he's big. And physical and like big guy, dude. Yeah. He's really fun, and I think he will see the ball early on in his career just because you just got that type of talent. Just give him the ball in his hands. I think it'll be limited to screens, as I said, or like jet sweeps or, or a lot of work from behind the line of scrimmage, but he's going to see the ball. There's not a, Outside of DJ Chark, as you said, there's not a ton of, of targets to throw to in this yeah. offense. You wonder if he's going to take away from a lot of those little dump-off passes that um... – that um Fournette. yeah yeah that Fournette saw last year yeah. he never has seen his in career before so yeah, yeah you yeah. wonder if this is going to hurt Fournette a lot but Definitely. moving on here man uh first tight end off the board with the next pick Cole Komet went to the Bears I mean Komet was the top tight end but like I was actually kind of shocked to see him go this early <laughs> and especially to a team who's got like 15 of them on the roster like well, I mean I they know cut, they're uh, good they but <laughs> let's be real yeah. like really I don't know. This pick is yeah. this pick is a weird one to me, um, but you know, skill position player. People are going to pay attention to it for fantasy. So let's let's break it down here. What what do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, he was easily my number one tight end when you study him. I think he's physical after the catch. He's got a big catch radius. He extends. He can make plays vertically. Um, he's a long strider who just eats up ground. He's not necessarily fast, but he 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 just builds up speed. So that's interesting. I think the best thing you like most with Komet is his ability to just play all over and just line up in line or or out in the slot and and just be a huge mismatch over the middle. Again, I tight ends limited year one upside right that's that's the first thing that comes to your mind and i don't know if it was the, in terms of team building wise i don't know if this was when they want to draft it to that type of tight end as well when you consider his talent level um but yeah he's going to be a red zone weapon he's going to be a, a possession guy over the middle he's going to threaten the seam so we'll see how he develops but again i think that's a bit too rich for me in terms of drafting a tight end yeah not much else to say there i'm just going to move on yeah uh 44 we got grant the the plit delpit safety lsu went to the browns antoine winfield safety with the minute for minnesota went to the bucks uh and then right back in to wide receivers kj hamler penn state wide receiver went to the broncos so matching up with judy i mean they're just loading up here for weapons for drew lock um i mean god can all these guys there's so many people there now when you count melvin gordon and sutton and Lindsay and yeah can all these guys be relevant 
Yeah, I mean, they're building a track team over there in Denver, and I think that's just that's exactly what they want to do to match up with the Chiefs when you look yep. at what the Chiefs are doing on the other side of the on the other side of the division. So when you think about Hamler, you 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 got Judy, you got um, uh, Melvin Gordon, you got Albert O. Now that they brought in Noah Fant, all these guys ran sub four or five. I'm pretty sure at their forty when they were at the combine. So this is a fast football team, a ton of weapons. Uh, I agree with you. How are they going to feed everyone on a fantasy perspective? But the talent is there. And, and when, speaking about KJ Hamler, he's going to be he, – he excels on those slant routes. He excels over the middle. He excels on those short to intermediate game and deep, obviously, on the vertical on the vertical throws. But I wasn't a huge, huge fan of him in the second round. I think he clearly dropped in the upside. And this is what – he's the type of player that the NFL is looking for when you look at the, succeed, the success that uh, Tyreek Hill has had um, and those types of players. So – Again, twitched up, can can run after the catch, and and I think you're really drafting the upside here. But his his physicality at the catch points disappointing, and at the release point, he's so. a little guy too, man. Like five yeah, nine, I'm, 178. I mean, he's smaller yeah, than me. Exactly. I'm not. <laughs> he's probably way stronger be, than me, but hey, yeah. he's still smaller than me. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be overly confident drafting him in in my dynasty league if I'm if I'm being honest. No, but he's, think, a, he's an explosive player. I think he's a you know late second, early third round, you know, 12 team yeah. rookie pick at best yeah. at this point. But somebody's probably going to go after him early because he was drafted earlier, you know, type of mm. thing. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, man, moving on. Marlon Davidson, Ed Dresser, Auburn went to the Falcons. Daryl Taylor. Great fit. I love Davidson for the for the Falcons. Yeah, they love to get those edge rushers. I mean, that's what they build around. Uh, that's when they have he's success. Gonna be a, so a retech, maybe sometimes play out in four or five tech, but he's physical. I think he's what they needed on that front. Yeah, and then uh, Daryl Taylor, Ed Rusher, Tennessee, went to the Seahawks. Uh, pick 49, Chase Claypool, wide receiver, Notre Dame, went to the Steelers. I mean, I know they don't have a ton of receivers there, but I felt like it was <laughs> good enough. Yeah, um, I, I agree was kind of shocked that they went, went wide receiver here, but uh, go ahead and break this one down, man. Yeah, I agree with you. It's getting pretty crowded in that room when you think you still got James Washington, you got um, Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously, and Deontay Johnson's pretty interesting yeah. working working underneath as a slot guy. But Chase Claypool's a rare athlete, and a lot of people were talking about, yeah, he's going to be a tight end. He's going to be – I don't think so. I think he's just going to be a big, big outside receiver, and that level of athleticism would be a waste to just work in the slot or out of the line or up the seams. I think you just got to line him up everywhere. He's not very polished. Uh, he's going to do a lot of work on special teams earlier, early on, um, but he's just got that size, physicality, and 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 good hands and ability to work above the rim. So I think he's an interesting target. And we know the Steelers uh, draft uh, receivers really well, so it's going to be interesting to see him evolve. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm not going to take too much stock in him, round one or year one with him. <clears throat> um, again, like you just said, I mean, it's it's crowded there. Uh, I mean, after Juju, nobody's really super proven. So maybe mm. Claypool can be that guy. I mean, there's, it seems like they've always yeah. had a number two guy who's been good, but the last yeah. couple of years, not so much. Um, yeah, I think he's got potential to take over for uh, James Washington if Washington doesn't pan out in year two, year three. Yeah, I mean, um, we've seen flashes from Washington. We've seen flashes from Deontay Johnson, but nothing nothing consistent enough for me to like love them. Uh, so maybe yeah. Claypool goes into that role. I mean, I think he's a physical guy. He's a big guy for sure. Um, yeah. Can can compete at the catch, you know, win 
win those 50 50 balls big time but uh it's 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 still just an interesting one all right pick 50 here jalen johnson cornerback utah went to the bears trayvon diggs corner for bama went to the cowboys now we've got it here's the guy who i'm going hmm if i'm going 2020 redraft leagues and i'm gonna pick my first rookie running back it might be this guy Cam Akers, running back, Florida State. I don't love the talent, but you're talking opportunity. L.A. Rams, you know, went ahead of Dobbins. Um, yeah, so the Rams obviously look like something here. But what are your what are your thoughts here on this one? Yeah, I really like Cam Akers. I think he's got great vision in the backfield, and you know, he's very decisive when when it comes to hitting his gaps. And he's landing, you're right, in a very good spot, both scheme wise and fantasy wise. If we're talking. If we're, if, we want, if we're looking for value here, um, I think he was very confident, and, and a lot of that wasn't particularly on show when he was in, in Florida State because he did run <clears throat> behind a pretty limited offensive line talent-wise. But his vision and, and balance and, and physicality as well, he, he's, he's shifty, but he brings a lot of power in the, in the, in the game between the tackles. So he's a very complete back uh, uh, for, for the Rams now. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does in that scheme behind that O-line. Yeah, I mean, and he, he's not great at pass catching. He did have, you know, he. Oh, he's uh, he's. Pre- I, I I disagree on that. Well, strongly. the thing that I'm reading here on him is that you know he had like nine, ten drops, you know, in, in 77 chances, oh, yeah. which oh. seems like a lot. Um, but you know, still, it's he's capable. Uh, again, I just I just love the fit. I mean, anybody that was going to go to the Rams this year, if they got one of these top five, six, seven running backs, I was going to be mm-hmm. all over. And I, in a redraft league, man, like it's serious. I might do it. I know everybody yeah. wants to go after Hilary because it's Kansas City, right? And that's what they do. But we talked about it at yeah, the end of day so. one. They've got six running backs. Yeah, maybe Hilary is the best one, but I don't think they're going to give up on Williams. Williams. I hope people think like you so that Hilary drops to me. <laughs> I just I don't see them look in dynasty. I think Hilaire is probably number one, but in a twenty twenty redraft league right now, unless they come out and say that they're just gonna like give Hilaire the job, why would you take him over a guy like Cam Akers who? Come on, he's getting the job yeah. over Derrick Henderson. We saw that. We saw that oh, try to really. work. That didn't. That didn't happen. I mean, they're just yeah, like touches. Touches wins with running backs, man. More often, than he's not. in a crowd. Okay, if we're being honest, Acres is in a pretty t- uh, crowded room as well. I mean, Malcolm Brown is not a disgusting running back. They drafted Daryl Henderson. He's going to get his touches. You got Cam Acres. He's, he's not a sure thing to step into. I the think Acres can get that job way easier than Hilary. Same with could. you. I think he's the most. I think he's the most talented out of the out of all three. But I think Hilary is way more talented as well in in that Chiefs room. We shall see. It, yeah. Again, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to you know do do our due diligence on these running backs a lot more. So we see how this will will play out for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next pick is probably if the Jordan Love quarterback pick wasn't like just beat your head against the wall, the Eagles taking Jalen Hurts was yeah. like what you just extended your quarterback uh, to a pretty big contract. Yeah, the guy gets hurt, but what are they doing taking Jalen Hurts in the middle this of the is, second round? 
this is funny because when when I thought about a comparison for Jalen Hurts, I, I was stuck between the the I, I, my eyes got stuck on the Taysom Hill comparison, and and I think this is the type of role they might give Jalen Hurts early in his career. Um, just a guy yeah. that could get the football to run run a little RPO action behind the line of scrimmage. Um, but and and as well when you look at, at Wentz's history in terms of getting injured, um, it's it's good to have a talented backup like that. Now I'm I'm not a fan of the price drafting him in round two. He could have probably been there in round three when you mm-hmm. look at how all the the other quarterbacks started sliding. Um, but I mean, if you like your guy, you want a you want a QB two and you want a, a guy that you can use kind of like they've used. He's he's not going to be completely useless year one. That he's very athletic. He's got a selfless uh, team like team 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 oriented way of thinking and and i think that, that has a lot of value in that locker room and they're going to want to get him on the field and he's he's not going to be the type of quarterback that's like no i'm a quarterback i don't want to i'm not stepping on the field unless it's to play quarterback i think he's the type of guy that's just going to want to play football yeah i i agree with that and you know like when it first got drafted i'm sitting here going like i'm cursing at the tv because i have <laughs> Wentz in my dynasty league and he's actually my only active quarterback right now because my other backup was Brissett. So I'm like, well, now, now what do I do? Then I'm well, like, wait, you no. what you do. yeah, but then I still don't have a bye week. Exactly. Still. Anyway, but still, yeah, I'm like, well, I mean, handcuff him. yeah, not, not I'm still going like, it, and then, and then I had to kind of settle down. I was like, wait a minute. So there is no way they're going to bench Wentz for her. So I, I'm no, not worried no, about no. that there. I'm just going, Hertz is going to come in. It's like a gadget type guy. The, the, exactly. The Taysom Hill comp is perfect for him so once owners don't worry about it but uh it's it's still just a really strange pick but uh who knows 54 here aj epineza um defensive end iowa went to the bills jk dobbins there he is uh running back ohio state went to the ravens another one where it's just like man that was not a need but uh you know, we got yeah. Ingram, Edwards, Hill. Uh, I think this sucks for the Edwards and Hill owners more than more than anything. I mean, yeah, I kind of think it just pushes them completely off the map. Ingram mm. and Dobbins are going to be the you know the fifty fifty split in my opinion now. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe Dobbins later in the year kind of comes out on top, but uh, you know, Ingram's up there in age. I, I don't think the the um the mileage on his legs is there because he's always kind of been in a in a committee type situation but um yeah i mean what do you think about dobbins here i think he, I, I think he's very explosive he's interesting i think he, he took on the workhorse role uh in his final season at ohio state he was a constant big play threat um he's not doesn't have the the breakaway speed of of uh, Jonathan Taylor. This is kind of what's knocked him under the under the Taylor c- category for me. Um, but he's physical. He's got outstanding balance. I mean, he's he's very tough to bring down. Uh, and he had some impact in the past game. He's really improved his uh, his receiving ability in in late in his career. So he has the potential to go to a number one role. Obviously, I still think that's Mark Ingram. I think he's going to see not a ton of of uh, of of carries early but he's pretty he's pro ready so mm-hmm. they could want to get him involved very very early and he's got great vision and, and decisiveness so i love the scheme as well in that power running offense and, and gap and all those gap runs i think this is a perfect landing spot in, in terms of i was scheme-wise. just gonna say that and like the one thing you think of when you get these guys that come out of these like super high powered offenses right is these running backs are so um they 
their stats coming out of college are so bloated, right? Because they're just in these mm. spread offenses. They're just great talent all around them. So they're they're just good, right? And then, but yeah. you think like he's gonna he had all this room to run in Ohio State. Well, guess what? He's gonna have all this room to run in the Ravens offense because of Lamar Jackson and company. Yeah. That's what the offense they run. So it's a really good fit for him. It's gonna be a, a good, a fairly easy scheme. Uh, for him to to learn if he even has to learn it because <laughs> it's kind of yeah. the same. So, all right, man. Um, moving on here, <clears throat> we got uh Rickwan Davis, defensive tackle, Bama, huh? Ben Jeff. No, I'm just looking on to who's the next one. <laughs> oh, I got you. Okay, getting excited. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Van Jefferson, wide receiver, Florida goes to the Rams. That's... Obviously, the Brandon Cooks replacement oh, here. Um, nope. He's not a deep threat. Well, but you know what I mean. Like they needed, they needed the third receiver again, right? That's yeah. What they like to do, they like to spread it around. Um, I, I'm just, you know, not that he's a complete comparison. As yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But this was this was the replacement for Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Um, might be a little bit early to to nab him. According to some nope. projections I'm looking at, but uh, what do you what no, do you think he's here? So talented. He's he's to me the okay. I know Jerry Judy takes the crown, but right behind him in terms of talent, route running talent, you got Van Jefferson. Guy runs some smooth, crisp routes. Great footwork. Um, he's springy out of every break. He knows how to manipulate his stem. He works into the blind spot of corners. He sets up his breaks. He He's just by far, to me, ahead of the rest of the class in terms of route running talent. He knows how to get open. But now where I'm I'm curious about this pick is that they're full of route running experts. You think about Robert Woods, probably right. the most underappreciated route runner in the NFL. You have uh, Cooper Cup, a great route runner. But now who's going to take the top off? Who's the one that's going to going to work over the top in, in this uh, in this offense? You just got a bunch of, you know, I mean, everyone, someone's going to be open at, on every play, but. I don't know in terms of of the fit. I don't know if this is the type of receiver they needed, but I'm not surprised he's going in round two, and I'm not surprised the NFL likes him. I mean, he's he's as pro ready and as solid of a floor as you'll get from a wide receiver in terms of his ability to get open and beat man coverage so easily. This is this is my favorite wide receiver in the draft. Interesting. I'll have to uh, to bump him up my board a little bit if you think of him that highly. Um, mm. I you know I I'm just not sure. Again, you know the the fit there isn't isn't great. Like you said, it's so fantasy wise. I'm not sure that I'm going to, you know, go all in on it. Oh, uh, just cause there's a lot of mouths to feed there. And, uh, <clears throat> that offense is going to be pretty complex to learn for him. So hopefully you know, it's, he picks it up and, and, and can go with it. But, you know, unless, unless, you know, I know cups a little older. I, I was actually shocked to see how, old, how old he was, uh, this off season when he got brought up a bunch, but, um, you know, so maybe like, cup is out of there soon or maybe woods something like that but yeah. i don't know man it's it's to me it's not a great fit for fantasy uh unless you just think that he can be the third fourth option on this you know usually good yeah. offensive team and it, it'll just work again like a lot of guys it has but yeah um, i think he'll get it stuck i don't know that he's going to be a big fantasy score guy he might just give you a bunch of like nines, tens and 11 scores in, in PPR in PPR leagues. He's going to 
cash around five targets, 60 yards, that type of work. Um, yeah. More than he's not going to be that big uh, red zone target either. So I don't know if his impact on fantasy is that interesting. But in terms of seeing the field early in his career, I think it's definitely going to be the case for him. Yeah. All right. So moving on here, pick 58 here. We got Ezra Cleveland tackle Boise State goes to the Vikings. Uh, Denzel Mims, wide receiver Baylor, goes to the Jets. Um, I mean, if there wasn't a Robbie Anderson replacement, this <laughs> this, this is the guy, man. Yeah. Uh, this guy runs fast. <laughs> that's that's yeah, pretty much definitely. his thing. Um, four three eight forty. I mean, just ridiculous speed. Uh, I think this is this was the Robbie Anderson replacement that they they had in mind. Um, what do you what do we got for him? Yeah, I think I wasn't the biggest fan of Denzel Mims because yeah, he's he's super fast. He he ran he showed at the combine, but he, he really struggled to create a ton of separation at the throughout his career at Baylor. I mean, he's great at the catch point. He can box defenders out. He's got great hands, but um, every time you write down in your notes that yeah, he's a great contested catch, great contested catch, and you write down write down write that down consi- consistently. At one point, you started say well where 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 are all the open catches where are all the ones where he creates separation i think that's a little little red flag for me so i bumped him down i had a third round grade on him um but yeah you just love his demeanor at the catch point his the ability to, to go up and snatch that football uh, in midair and just that's his hands are real sticky he can box defenders out you like all that and and i wish i think he's gonna stretch the field a little a little bit but i mm-hmm. wish we saw him create separation in the in on the vertical game a bit more for me to be fully confident for him to take that Robbie Anderson role in the at the next level. I think that's what they want from him. They're, that's what they're going to try to develop. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be able to do it year one right now. No, I, I can agree with that. And, you know, he still he still has to work on separation, like you said. I think that's one of his big things. And, and you know, that also kind of mm-hmm. plays into the Baylor offense, right? I mean, like everybody knows it's just go routes, right, <laughs> for days. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that doesn't help things. But, you know, usually those guys in Baylor, just you see him wide open down the field and – if he wasn't getting that, then maybe what mm. what was the reason for it? So no, who yeah. knows? Uh, but I, I think I think it's an interesting one. I'll, I'm gonna I really want to study him a little bit more uh, with mm. this Jets offense. Um, so moving on, we got Josh. Uh, Josh know. Uche. Uche. Yeah, that's Sorry, one of my, my favorite picks. And again, it's the Patriots pulling it in round two. I was I was pretty pretty mad at Belichick for taking a ton of players that I liked in round two. I was like, <laughs> God damn it. The, the freaking Patriots are building a sick team. Um, so Uche, I think he's a great fit as well. He's just rushing off the edge and dropping back into coverage. He's very athletic linebacker, outside linebacker for that scheme. Again, just a perfect fit. So it's going to be fun to see him play for, for develop over there. Yeah, Pats went defensive heavy too, which is kind of shocking since they, yeah, uh, their thing, offense yeah. is – not looking so good, yeah. man. Um, <clears throat> Christian Fulton, cornerback, LSU, went to the Titans, and then hey, a guy we talked about just a couple of weeks ago on the on the Fantasy Six Pack Hour, you know, our draft preview show, AJ Dillon, running back, Boston College. You and I both like this guy. I think he's yep. pro ready. Um, mm. Going to the Packers, though, man. Like, yeah, that's got not be. not good. Um, yeah. Aaron Jones has to be the guy there. I'm not seeing Dillon replace him at all mm. um so for fantasy value this is not going to be there this year but what do we think about this fit for him in in green bay i think it's an interesting scheme fit uh, i 
again, I think Dylan is is going to be a great power back. I don't. I mean, he's a, he's a better athlete than he gets credit for, um, especially catching the football. I saw some really interesting instincts for him and the way he can just twist and contort his body and make catches away from his frame, uh, pretty confidently and pretty safe-handed. So, I think putting it putting him into that power box isn't isn't a fair statement for him. But um, he doesn't. He has nice movement skills. He's good flexibility in the lower half. It's just for his size. I mean, you can't compare it to what what uh, Aaron Jones is able to do in terms of changing directions and mm-hmm. making quick cuts and, and sequencing moves. Um, but I think it could be pretty complimentary. And we've seen games from the Packers where where Aaron Jones saw the saw the sideline after a, after a fumble issue or after just <laughs> yes. bad reads. So. So I mean, Dylan should could get a, a couple carries here and there year one, and I think they're gonna they're gonna want to see what they got and got in him. But again, as you said, very weird selection in round two, considering you got even Jamal Williams as well on the roster behind behind Jones. So yeah, who's been very capable really? and yeah, you know, been fine. Uh, so it, it's just an odd pick again, Packers probably overall had the most mind-boggling draft of any team right, out there. Right. I literally have no idea what they did. They did not help Aaron Rodgers at all. Yeah. Um, 63, Willie Gay Jr., linebacker, Mississippi State, went to the Chiefs. Uh, 64, Jeremy Chin, safety, Southern Great. Illinois. Uh, Great player. Panthers. I think they're starting to build a really like strong uh, spinal cord it's the middle of that defense when you think about uh Derek Brown up in the interior and then you got Chin on the back end. They didn't add a linebacker. I was pretty surprised about that. But well, they needed they needed yeah. defense all over the place. I mean they like yeah. allowed oh, they, went, they, went, they allowed twenty nine points per game last year. Yeah atrocious. they went all defense in the drop. They, they went had all to. defense. They had yeah. to. Uh sixty five here we got Logan Wilson linebacker Wyoming went to the Bengals. And then 66, back into skill positions. Redskins take Antonio Gibson, Memphis wide receiver. Needed depth. I'm not going to lie, man. I don't know much about this 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 guy mm. from Memphis. but um, So break it down for me, man. Yeah. He's, he's, is he going to be a receiver or is he going to be a running back earlier? I was like, man, maybe he's going to be a running back. He's, he's so good with the ball in his hands. You just got to give it to him early. But then at the same time, he's all most of his snaps, most of his touches came out of the slot. In, 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 Funny you say that. In, <laughs> the comparison is Ty Montgomery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there, That's there hilarious. Uh, it's so it's so tough to project into what they want to do with him. I think he's just going to be a hybrid gadget type of player for this offense. They're going to again want to get the ball in his hands because once when he see, once he sees that daylight, he's just gone. He's fast. He's he's twitched up. He can he can sequence moves. He's got a great little nifty little spin move to his, to his game as well. He can juke, make a make a guy miss and run through run through a, a defender as well. Is and, he kind of the Curtis Samuel? Strong, so. That, like, I think he's more physical than Samuel. I think he's he's, well, he's got like, a lot more you know, of a... scheme wise. You know, I'm, I'm thinking like you know we we've got the old, we've obviously got the old Panthers coach, and I'm thinking like guys that he might have looked at. If you're looking, if you're telling me this is the type of player yeah. he is, I'm thinking yeah. like what, I think who is that fair. in Carolina? It's Samuel. I think it's fair, Samuel. That was the kind of the role that Samuel. He was kind of a hybrid coming kind of. out, and I remember I was I was kind of I I wrote him down as a RB slash wide receiver when I scouted him, and I'm kind of doing the same thing with Gibson. So in that aspect, I think it's comparable. Uh, they started they wanted to mold Curtis Samuel into a full time receiver, so maybe they're going to try and do that with Gibson as well. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting interesting thing you bring up right there. I'm not I'm really not loving the pick here, honestly. Like I just don't see the production in college. It's just a hybrid, like athletic type guy. It, I, he's he, on the 
guide I'm looking at, he's actually listed as a running back, but again, like he just he didn't really have the attempts. So I, I don't know. It yeah, just, that's, it that's doesn't. Thinking, like, why make him a running back when he never literally saw maybe five carries between the tackles? The rest of the work was outside or lined up in the top. Like so, yeah. yeah, it's it's exactly. a weird one to why... me. Uh, I, yeah, we'll see. I mean. It, I'm not loving it. I don't think I'm really going to go anywhere near him in, in fantasy. Um, this doesn't really help this offense, in my if opinion. If he does play running back, he's a big PPR threat. But again, who yeah, knows? <laughs> but I know the running backs aren't great, but it's just like, yeah. Eh, I mean, you got to hope guys can stay somewhat healthy and, and make it work. You know, they they've signed a bunch of random dudes, but like. I don't know. This one's a this one's a weird one to me. Uh, we got a bunch of defensive picks here. I'll rip through all of these. Uh, chime in if you really want to talk about them. But uh, Julian Aquara, edge rusher, Notre Dame Lions. Uh, Ashton Davis, safety, California went to the Jets. Um, sorry, not all defensive picks. A bunch of tackles and stuff here too. Uh, Damian <laughs> Lewis, guard, LSU Seahawks. Uh, Brandon Jones, safety, Texas went to the Dolphins. Justin. And Matabuki? Yeah. Yeah, Matabuki. Sure. I don't know if that's... Defensive tackle, Texas A&M, Ravens. Uh, Josh Jones uh, tackled a Houston... Or tackle from Houston went to the cards. That's a huge steal. I had a first-round grade on him. I was going to say, we were talking about him day one, and he slid to round three. Is this round three, This is insane, yeah, because the Cardinals didn't even have a, a round two pick, and we, like... One of the positions that they could have addressed in, in the first round and in, in the top ten was tackle. I remember they get talking a great about that. Linebacker in Isaiah Simmons, and now they wait until day three and get another tackle. That's they could insane. have gotten round one. But to me, they're one one of the best. They they put one of the best just based on those two picks. They were really well underway to putting one of the best classes in the draft. Yeah. Together. No, I totally agree. That was one of the ones I wanted to pause on. So I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davon Hamilton, defensive tackle, Ohio State, went to the Jaguars. Zach Bond. Uh, Wisconsin went to the Saints. <clears throat> and then uh, Jonah Jackson, guard, Ohio State, went to the Lions. So showing up that offensive line, hopefully, for the Lions because they need it pretty bad. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, running back Vanderbilt, went to the Bucks. Another running back needy team for sure. But I'm questioning Vaughn's ability to kind of be the guy, you know, that they're looking for in, in, in Tampa, you know, Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I agree with you in terms of wanting to find a guy that can affect the passing game as well. I don't know if Vaughn is that guy. Um, but, I mean, in terms of vision and just in terms of his traits as a running back, he's interesting. He, he should see a role in the rotation. I mean, he's a, he's a pro-ready back that just gets downhill. Uh, great vision. He's got – he neutralizes angle. He's not a huge long speed type of guy, but he's very spatially aware and, and can take it the distance just with, with efficiency in terms of getting downhill. Uh, and then he's physical and, and just will plow through you. So a good running back, a pro-ready running back, but is he, is he anything more than a rotational piece for, for the Bucks? I think time will tell, but right now I'm doubtful. But the one thing that I see as a huge need for Tampa, right, is a – guy who can help out with pass protection and you know catching balls out of the backfield look maybe he's better at catching balls out of the backfield maybe he's slightly better at pass protection than ronald jones but is he that much better i mean i've seen he gave up 17 pressures on 220 career pass blocking like not good it's not i mean that's That's not great so he didn't 
<clears throat> Flash is the best pass protector in the draft. So me, what did they so do? Funny. They just drafted the same guy? <laughs> I think I think Ronald Jones is more talented, more explosive. I like Jones. I have a higher grade on Jones coming out than I did on. on As a runner, I think I agree with so. you, man. Um, it's just it's not. I was very surprised at this pick, mm-hmm. and maybe it's because the Bucks kind of goofed and didn't take one earlier when they should have. But yeah, maybe um, they were surprised by the run. That, I mean, yeah. I I think to me the Bucks really needed to grab one of these guys at pick forty five. But they didn't, and they waited, and they got stuck with Vaughn, or you know maybe they you know maybe they thought Vaughn was better than Zach Moss, who got picked later, and and all the rest of the guys. But I'm just not sure they got the answer they needed, unfortunately. And I, I think people are gonna you know just maybe they might not reach for him in fantasy drafts, but I think because of the struggles that Ronald Jones has had, they're just gonna take a chance on him late in 2020 drafts. Be like, well, you know. I'll take a last few rounds pick on, on this guy, hoping that he can take over Ronald Jones, who hasn't impressed really anywhere. Um, he's had a couple of good games, but other than that, it's not been not been good for him. But I'm not sure it's going to work out that way. Um, I, I have my doubts. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to do what ESPN here did and uh, just say Michael O, cornerback for <laughs> Iowa Broncos, because I'm not going to pronounce that name. Uh Matt Hennessy, center, Temple, Falcons. Uh, Jabari Zuniga, Zuniga, Edge, Florida, uh, Jets. And then we're back to skill position players. And this is one of the most interesting players in the entire draft. And I slightly hate this man because he destroyed my Hokies in the bowl game. Lynn Bowden, wide receiver, slash quarterback, slash running back, slash I have no freaking clue. Not going to be quarterback. Kentucky went to the Raiders. I mean, talk about gadget guy. This is it. This is the gadget guy of the entire draft. This guy is an incredible athlete. um, Got forced into playing quarterback for Kentucky after their guy got hurt um, earlier in the year. And basically just ran. It was just like a running offense. And he passed the ball, you know. Just a little bit, but it <laughs> just like ran and just made people look silly all over the field. This guy is an incredible mm-hmm. athlete. I mean, what what do you think about this guy? And like, what do we think his value is going to be fantasy wise, if any? Yeah. So what I like about Bowden is that his experience at quarterback for for Kentucky really developed his vision because he was taking a lot of zone runs and a lot of zone reads in the backfield and, and then just carrying the ball off of that. So that really developed his ability to see gaps and, and anticipate uh, the flows of the defense on the second level. So in terms of vision, I, I loved it. And when I popped on the tape for him, I really expected something flashy, like a, a crazy athlete twitched up uh, who, who had great bursts and, 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 and really short amazing short area quickness so I was a bit I think I, I put my expectations a bit too high and I was a bit under a bit disappointed when I watched him um in that regard um he can run through someone he's, he's physical uh he's he's got some twitch to him but it, it wasn't anything that blew my mind either so I think he's he's very talented he's got good vision he can carry the football well but he, I don't know he, he wasn't a, the type of explosive talent I saw coming out in day two especially when you don't know how you're gonna well maybe they do but for us, his, his projection, we, we wouldn't know how he would be used. Uh, he might be a slot receiver. I think he's going to be a T that they're going to move around and 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 attack and attack through based on matchups. But 
I think if for him to see a role as a receiver, he really needs to improve his route running. He hasn't gotten a chance to really play receiver lately for Kentucky. Uh, I think he's a very raw talent that you just got to got a mold so i don't know about his fantasy impact year one or even year two but later on maybe he'd be interesting yeah i'm not a big fan of these gadget type guys in fantasy um they very yeah. rarely pan out you know i think percy harvin and stuff like that like they're fun to watch when they make these big plays but it's yeah it's so inconsistent and so rare when they do that it's just not worth going after um so the Raiders, though, had back-to-back picks here, and they had Brian Edwards, wide receiver, South Carolina, right after that. Um, this feels like a, a more true <laughs> wide receiver pick here. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, and obviously, I think, you know, we were all talking that you know, Raiders need receiver. So is this a good fit for them? What do you think? I, I love it. If we're, if we're thinking about – if we're trying to – pinpoint the guys in this wide receiver class that could take on that wide receiver wide receiver one x type of role i think your your needle would would stop on on brian edwards because he's just big super physical i mean he throws guys whether that be with the ball in his hands or even just running his route at the top of his routes at the breaking point if someone's crowding him he's just gonna throw you aside and and get open um uh, i think he, he does a lot of work on the uh, short to intermediate zones uh ball carrying and just running through people and, and he's got some subtle subtle deceptiveness to his game and and makes he he's got nice flexibility to make uh, quick quick changes of directions he's not going to sequence moves he's gonna, not going to be the a guy that's going to make three three defenders miss and then take it home but i think he got, he's got some sneaky athleticism to pair with that physicality and, and he's he, he's going to be a uh, right on the line of scrimmage playing through physical jams and mm-hmm. and he's got a chance to be the, the x guy maybe maybe post Tyrell Williams because we've seen what he's become or just play opposite of him for now while while they got the Lynn Bowdens, Hunter Renfros and Henry Ruggs doing the work in, in the slot. So this guy this is a guy that I think should see the field pretty early in his career. Really safe handed too. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, let's just keep moving here. So we got a uh, Neville uh Gallimore. Gallimore. Um, man, yeah. my font's too small on this screen. I can't read it right now. <laughs> uh, defensive tackle, Oklahoma Cowboys. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, center, LSU, the Broncos. Captain Tyrell- for the championship team, uh, LSU, and he he was supposed he he had a number eighteen patch on his helmet, uh, which proves his literature his uh, leadership. And uh, he wasn't obviously able to wear number eighteen as as an O lineman, but. I think it's worth noting that he's a great leader and he could take over as an eventual starter on that O-line. Cool. Uh, Terrell Lewis, edge rusher, Bama, goes to the Rams. Uh, Julian Blackman, safety, Utah, goes to the Colts. And then Zach Moss, running back, Utah, goes to the Bills. Interesting call. You know, I I was a big Devin Singletary guy coming into this yeah. year, but maybe not now. I'm not sure. I mean, Zach Moss is kind of a bowling ball to me. Like, he's just kind of a big power mm-hmm. back, not really elusive, but maybe I'm wrong on that. What do you think? No, I think I agree with you. I mean, he's really a physical downhill, going to hit you first and then run run around you type of type of running back. Um, I think he's very underrated in the passing game. Um, so that's that's something that's going to be interesting to see how they how they mix him in there into that that backfield rotation. Um, and he's got some sneaky sneaky elusiveness. He can make a guy miss when when he wants. He's not going to sequence moves. He doesn't have that 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 type of uh, agility. But he's got that quick quick fire footwork and quick quick steps to, to, to change directions and, and run around a, a defender, but he's going to prefer running through you and he's going to inflict hard contact. Uh, 
I don't know how that mixes in with Singletary because Singletary really is that elusive guy and mm-hmm. with good contact balance as well. So I thought Singletary could take on that uh, that that full-on workhorse type of workload. Um, and none of them are really big, big breakaway type of guys, even though I think uh, Singletary kind of exploits space a bit better and is a more and more spatially aware and takes better angles to, to beat, beat, um, beat pursuit. Um, I don't know how they're gonna mix mix in both uh, both running backs and uh, and and where the fantasy value lies in Moss. I'm not fully confident. My first thought with fantasy value for these guys and how it's gonna break down is Singletary is gonna be the guy. He's gonna be you know mm. primarily on the field. Moss is gonna be short yardage type type plays. Uh, where you might start hating Moss is he's gonna get the goal line work. <laughs> That's my fear. And as a Devin Singletary owner, like, you really hate to see that. Um, yeah, I like that projection. So, you know, just snake some touchdowns away from Singletary. Um, all right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we got um, Anthony Jennings, edge rusher, Bama to the Pats. Jordan Elliott, defensive tackle, Missouri to the Browns. Cameron Dantzler, cornerback, Mississippi State to the Vikings. Jonathan Gennard, uh <clears throat> Edge rusher, Florida to the Texans. And then four in a row here. Some skilled players we can talk about. Probably break them down pretty quick here. Devin Asasi, tight end UCLA to the Pats. Um, you know, trying to find that Gronk replacement, I guess. You know, can can this guy be even half of what Gronk was? I think I think it's an unfair, unfair comparison and unfair burden to put on any tight end in any class sure. really in terms of what, what yeah, in terms of what, what Gronk was able to do. But I mean, if you're looking for a receiving tight end, this is the guy. He was he's a pretty pretty interesting route runner. He can exploit the seams. Um he can work out of the slot really nicely. He's very athletic, uh soft hands, he can extend his catch radius. So he's a big target for for what's looking like to be Stidham in that in this offense, and I'm pretty excited to see that. Um, again, yeah, they, they needed a presence in, in at tight end and someone a big a big ma- mismatch target over the middle, and I think that can be the guy. Definitely more pro ready than the the, the later tar- uh, tight end that we're going to be discussing. But uh, this this is an interesting pick. Again, not tight ends. You also always got to be careful with uh, year one year one value. But oh yeah, I'm not touching any of these guys this year. Yeah, just, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna spoil it. I'm not touching a single one of these tight ends in year one. Um, <clears throat> Devin Devaney, uh, wide receiver, Texas goes to the Ravens. I mean, they, they need help at receiver. Um, but you know, the Ravens is not going to be a pass heavy offense. It's going to mm. be big, big boomer bust games from pretty much any of these guys. Uh, they go through the run game. They go through the tight end. Um, <clears throat> you know, but break down, break down this guy for me real quick. Yeah, Devin Duvernay is really interesting. I mean, uh, first of all, you, I don't know if you remember when you watched it, the reaction from John Harbaugh when they uh, when they locked that that pickup. He was fist bumping in the air. He was jumping around. He was I, he really wanted Duvernay. So I don't know how much how much value we should put on that reaction to, to the fantasy usage. But I think they're going to want to put him into the offense year one. And I think there there is a role for him when you look at his linear speed. He is a blazer. Um, I think he caught over 45 target of his targets out in the screen game in that Texas offense. So he's a guy that you want to exploit the speed and let him get vertical and, and use that linear speed. He's not a big change of direction guy. I thought he was very tight in his lowers, but 
I think he's got a role to to fit into the if you're gonna run any any zone RPOs and and zone reads that you can just toss down onto the screen and let him let him gash the defense with just one long uh, linear run. I think that's where his year one value lies. Um, and then you're gonna have to develop his route running because he's he's not he's he's a bit tight. So we'll see how he gets in and out of breaks after some development. But right now, I wasn't a big fan of that. Again, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a better. <clears throat> NFL fit as far as scheme wise for the Ravens and it is a fantasy fit. He's going to be, you know, big, yeah. he'll have a couple of big games um, mm. just because he'll, you know, he'll take one deep or something like that here and there uh, just because that's the way the offense kind of, kind of goes. But yeah, I mean, we saw Hollywood yeah. Brown last year, same thing, right? I mean, yeah. Hollywood Brown's but, better, but it's, yeah. you know, he wasn't consistent enough in that offense regardless of how good he actually is. And yeah. so Duvernay is not going to be, <clears throat> not gonna be anything I, I really care much about. Um, yeah, and Duvernay was Duvernay was a was a blazer, but we didn't see a lot of work in the vertical game, and and him really exploit the deep the depths of the field for Texas. So I think that speaks into his development in that aspect. Uh, I think if he if he had the ability to do it, they would have done it. Uh, I don't think he's the best ball tracker either. So we'll see how how he how he develops. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so we got Darrington Evans, running back, App State, goes to the Titans. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super excited here. I mean, Henry's the guy. I don't think somebody's coming in and, and replacing Henry at this point. So, mm-hmm. uh, but let's let's see what you got to say about about this guy from App State. Yeah, I think this is the perfect change of pace back to to throw into this offense. He's a he's a one cut type of runner, just gonna get downhill, and he's got blazing speed. Former track star. Um, so yeah, into that scheme where he, where they could just mix him in here and there. He's not going to be a big fantasy guy that's going to get over over ten touches consist- consistently. I think he's going to be the guy that they're going to want to use to relieve a bit um mm-hmm. a bit of Henry from from all that workload. But really good uh, space ex- uh good explosion in space and ability to spatial awareness and just take take a big run the distance if he if he's given given a lane. Um, not a very powerful guy though. Not a lot of of bulk to his frame. Yeah, I agree. Change of pace back. Um, hopefully, they use him a little more than they've used Deion Lewis. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, but it's been yeah, yeah. just bad for for Lewis. I I, I thought for sure they they'd be better compliments than they were, but it just didn't happen. Um, two more picks here, both tight ends. Josiah Dequara, tight mm-hmm. end. Cincy goes to the Packers again. Not another wide receiver. <laughs> it's. This Packers really that. believe that Devontae Adams can have 250 targets. My God, I mean it's ooh, it's going to be interesting. Um, who who is this tight end, and is he worth this pick? He's interesting. Yeah, he okay. Is he worth a round two pick? No, I had a fourth well, round is, grade on him. I think, uh, or maybe three. even a fifth. But but um, he, he's re- he's really interesting. He's a good athlete, and I I I kind of flashed on him early and just watching a random Cincinnati game in season. I was like, okay, I put him down on my list to scout uh, uh, when when draft prep would get would get started. Um, I think he's a good athlete. He's got good traits to develop as a route runner, but he's got even better hands and ability to just stretch and open his frame. I think they're going to draft him because he does good work in the in the blocking game. He, he he's got good. He understands leverages, so I think they're going to draft him to take on a fullback role. Uh, kind of a use chick type of role in uh, in San Francisco. They're going to want him to be that that triple threat in terms of toting the rock from 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 behind be the line of scrimmage or blocking or 
going out into into the into the flats and catching the football. I think that's an interesting fit for him. Is it a, a guy you want to draft in round three? No, uh, I don't understand why they would do that and just pass on the receiving talent. But we shall oh well. we shall never know <laughs> what the hell the Packers yeah. were thinking here. Maybe it was technical difficulties. Uh, <laughs> we're just gonna go with that. All right, last pick. Oh, well, let's rip through the rest of these here. So, bunch McTelvin, uh, Aquin. I'm murdering these names. I don't know these guys' names. Sure. Defensive tackle, Arkansas Broncos. Uh, Lucas Nyang, tackle TCU, goes to the Chiefs. French. Hmm? He's French. Yeah. <laughs> Rooting uh, for my guy. <laughs> all right. Hey, I like it. Jacob Phillips, linebacker, LSU, the Browns. Malik Harrison, linebacker, Ohio State, to the Ravens. That that was a good pick to me, too. I liked that one. Yeah, Malik um, Harrison's a great fit. Uh, Matt Pearl, tackle, Connecticut, to the Giants. Uh, Tanner Muse, safety Clemson to the Raiders. Uh, and then the, I'm just going to rip through the rest of these and we'll get to this lat. We'll finish off here with, uh, with the last skill position players. I'm going to skip pick one Oh one, but one Oh two is Alex Highsmith edge rusher, Charlotte to the Steelers. Uh, Davion Taylor linebacker, Colorado to the Eagles, Terrell Burgess, safety, Utah to the Rams, Adam Trotman, um, Oh, that is a no, sorry. There was two more. <laughs> I missed one when I did yeah. my picking here. Uh, and then Tyree Phillips, guard, Mississippi State to the Ravens. So sorry, we do have two more. Um, <clears throat> highlighted. I missed that highlight down at the bottom. So 101 here, Dalton King, go Hokies, man. Wore, wore my Blacksburg shirt on purpose <laughs> for this. Uh, Virginia Tech goes to the pass. So they took two. Hey, the last time they took two tight ends in the same draft, uh, it worked out pretty well, except until a couple round, a couple years later. But hey, while it, while they were both on the field, it was pretty electric. Yeah. I don't think these guys are anywhere near that talent. Like I like Keen, big physical guy, great hands, uh, but he's he's very raw in my opinion. Um, but good for him getting drafted. I am proud of it. Um, you know he he did he did some good things at Virginia Tech. You know in limited work. Um. But you know what do you what do you think about him <clears throat> coming into yeah, this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I like your I like the way you described him. Just good hands, physical dude, um, good target to exploit in that offense. Uh, obviously underused, in my opinion. I think you agree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think you described him very well in terms of what he can bring to the table. Again, very raw. So we'll see how he develops. But I think in terms of who's going to step in and be the guy from from the guy they're going to want to plug in early is going to be Asiasi and then they'll see how how uh, Keen develops yeah he might be used as more of a blocker he's just a big dude um, mm-hmm. but he can kind of break off the line um, <clears throat> and, and kind of fake it out it's just, again just not very does not use very much but uh, he's I think he I think he can surprise people if you give him a chance uh, we've seen him mm-hmm. make big bunch of big big plays for for the Hokies um, when you like seem to be least expecting it. So um hoping hoping he can work work it out. And then uh the Saints took the last tight end, Adam Trotman, tight end from Dayton. Uh I don't mm. know anything about this guy, so what do yeah. you got? This is this was my tight end three, so I'm surprised he fell that low and I thought he'd go a bit higher. Uh, obviously he's a former quarterback, so he, he's very new to the position, just the whole receiving thing. Um, the route running is very underdeveloped, but he's got a big frame. He's got good hands for a former quarterback. 
Um, he's just a big target. He can exploit the seams. He can when he gets going, he's pretty fast. Uh, you like his ability to high point the football and his physicality after the catch as well. Uh, I really like his spatial awareness and his ability to work after the catch. Uh, I think this is a guy that could really develop into a a very good tight end with with two three years of of development, especially with the Saints who 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 know how to develop their offensive weapons and do and make the most of of their talents. So. I, I think this is a, a pretty good sleeper in terms of NFL fit and, and maybe three, four years down the road, we'll be talking about uh, about him being a tight end to target in uh, in redraft leagues for, for an impact. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're touching again any of these tight ends this year in redraft leagues. No. In, in dynasty leagues, I think I would put um, now that I'm reading up on him a little bit more um, after what you said, <clears throat> I think I would target him, you know, one of the last rounds and just maybe yeah, hold and stash. Um, yeah, Troutman's definitely interesting. The one thing I worry about with him going to the Saints, right, is Breeze is leaving. So who's going to be that next guy? Um, you know, just before that we got on air uh, here to to record this, uh, the Saints decided to sign Jameis Winston to a one year contract. Uh, so you know, maybe Taysom Hill isn't the guy. I know it's a one year contract, but uh, maybe Taysom Hill isn't really the quarterback of the future, mm-hmm. like they keep telling us, which. I'm not super surprised at that. Yeah, it wouldn't um, surprise me. So, you know, could Winston sign a, a multi-year contract after this year if he, if he kind of shows uh, some improvement in <clears throat> in uh, practice and stops throwing a bunch of interceptions and things like that? Sure. And then and then maybe somebody like Trotman has a, a little bit of upside. Um, but I don't know. We'll have to see because, you know, that's, that's the one thing, you know, like the Pats, right? You know, we're talking about mm-hmm. no more Brady. So what does that mean, you know, in in yeah. uh, in L.A., you know, with, with Rivers leaving? You know, it's yeah. we're seeing Herbert there and, you know, Tyrod and, and whatever. And, you know, it's when the quarterback changes and they've been successful quarterbacks and wants to lead these offenses for years and years and years, you mm-hmm. see it like – Everybody around them suffers because of it uh, more yeah. often than not. So, you know, it's it's very rare that you see stuff like what happened in Indy where they just kind of reloaded with with luck for a few more years and yeah. then uh, stuff like that. So, um, you know, it, it will be interesting to see, you know, even guys like Michael Thomas, how they can really figure things out after guys like Breeze leaves. You know, I know Thomas did some good things last year with, with Bridgewater coming in, but Bridgewater is a pretty polished quarterback. Yeah, there's no guarantee that they get somebody like that after Breeze. Yeah, well, um, in that regard, I think Troutman might be actually to prepare the the post Breeze era because we know that whoever they bring in, if that's Winston, maybe that's a bit less the case. But if it's a young quarterback, they mm-hmm. get through the gra- the draft. Huh? They always love their big targets, a big possible. tight end they can trust. So Safe. maybe they're just looking forward a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's very possible. It's very possible. So, all right, man. Well, uh, this was great. Uh, <clears throat> glad we were able to do it finally. I think yeah. uh, you're going to cover the day three recap on your own. Um, yep. I can't record during the week with you. Sorry, I got the kids all to myself, and uh, this is not going to work unless you want to stay up till three in the morning, which I'm sure <laughs> I'm you don't want to do anymore. Uh, <clears throat> but, yeah, so we'll we'll get this posted here shortly. Uh, everybody be on the lookout for, for the day three recap as well coming out soon. And um, go back and check out day one's live broadcast with, like I said, tons of guests from Fantasy Six Pack. We had uh, – Dr. Deepak Chona from Sports Med Analytics, and we had Rudy Gamble from Rasball on as well. It was a good time. I had a blast doing it, and uh, see you all later. Yep, see you guys. See you.